Hello, RP people, and welcome to uh, a unique episode of Role Playing as Smart People. Uh, I'm sick but getting better. Scott's currently sick, and Finder is currently away on some sort of black ops operation that we are not allowed to talk about, and to talk about it would get us in trouble. So, on that note, I decided I'm gonna run Artifact. Now, if anyone doesn't know what Artifact is, it's a solo RPG about making sentient magic items. And it is really kind of a, it's a unique game on its own. It's not exactly too long. It's only like, what, uh, like 30 pages or so? Yeah, something like 30 pages. 32 pages. And it's a fun little game. Yeah, I got no complaints about it. But I'm going to read you my story. I uh, will also add in a little bit of extra little things, and then if you guys like it, I would suggest checking it out. The item I have chosen is an ornament, more specifically a small coin-like trinket with a jester's hat etched into it, made of copper and three small gems at the tip of each point of the hat, of the colors blue, red, and green. The other side of the coin is left empty, but discolored in the center in the shape of a thumbprint, oxidized and darkened. The energy within always create, creates an air of playfulness and curiosity within the onlookers. Tom Ball Baldwin, unlike many conjurers, wizards, and conquerors of the material realm, had less ambitious plans. His goal was a simple one. Keep his small town happy. There was not many threats in the town, so pleasure was its main game. He created illusions to entertain the young and old alike. Explosions in the sky at night to brighten the darkness and place wonder into the eyes of many. His favorite game, though, was one with a small trinket he kept ever-present on him. A small copper coin with a jester's hat on one side and an empty face on the other. When asked where he got this coin, he simply explained that it arrived one day in his pocket. He would perform a trick that no one could explain with anything but magic. He'd present the coin and ask the question, What is in your pocket? After he received a response, he'd rub the empty side of the coin, and as if by magic, the item would show on the coin. He would then put it in his pocket, and like magic, the item on the coin would magically appear out of that pocket. It could do much more than that. One time is that he asked, What is in that shed? The farmer replied, Oh, that's just where I keep my fork pick only for Tom Ball Baldwin to pull that forklift out of his pocket. As time went on, Tom Ball Baldwin aged. He no longer had the spirit to go out and entertain as he once did. Teaching small tricks to locals with aptitude was all that he could truly muster. He was still beloved by the town, but was not able to perform as he once did. The jester's coin, as he called it, unbeknownst to the audience, took a great drain on his stamina, and now he simply could not use it with any vigor. Tucked on his shelf, he kept it, clutter-free for the moments he felt like rolling it through his hands. Unfortunately, Tom could feel the boredom exuding from the coin. Something he only thought was in his mind now became more evident. The coin is alive. It is bored, and it wants to play thought of how he got it had gotten the coin in the first place came back to him it appeared in my pocket am i supposed to give it away as well as the jester coin sat on the shelf bored 
ignored and unused, it began to ponder its other hosts. This is what always appears to happen. They lose interest in the jester and stop using it. It's a story that continued time after time after time. Only once they chose to depart the jester, lose it, or even die, can the coin truly leave the current host. It always begins and ends the same way. Their new host loves the jester, takes care of it, and uses it frequently. Then gets bored of it and puts it away, forgetting or not caring that it's still there. Don't they understand the jester needs to play? The jester watched the old man. He was bored of him. He never got to play. Sure, the host would take him into his hands, but he would never use him. Until one day, something that had never happened before happened. The old man spoke to it. I can tell you are bored, and I am sorry for that, as these old bones can not use you as you deserve. I always contemplated if you were alive, but never thought past that. So for all the joy you have given me, and the neglect I have shown you, I will give you a gift. The jester was perplexed. This has never happened before. Is this old man talking to me? Tom Ball Baldwin reached for the coin, and for the first time in ages, he held the coin in his hand. What do I have in my pocket? Silence filled the room as the old man deliberately, with a somber sigh, continued. A new entertaining home for the jester coin. A day had passed before coming to a new host. Act 2 the Bandit King. Rufus was a ruthless bandit who preyed on the weak and exploited his enemies for coin. He did so with cunning and guile, appearing in a caravan or town by approaching them as a simple traveler, claiming he is looking for a new life or travel companions. Upon learning their strengths and weaknesses, but more importantly, what they have for him to take, he would then signal his men with a well-laid plan. Most did not know they are they were being attacked until the fight was nearly over. One day, a coin appeared in his pocket. A little coin with a jester's hat and small gems. It felt odd and almost alive. He didn't know why, but he kept it in there, feeling as if it may benefit him in the future. One day, while he was traveling with a caravan, he was cornered by a guard. The guard said, I know who you are, and I will not let you, you and your thugs attack us. Raising a knife closer and closer, Rufus reached into his pocket for something. He did not know what, but simply pulled out the coin. Almost without realization, he asked a question. That may be your dagger, but what is in your scabbard? The guard looked puzzled at first, before he replied, My sword, but I won't need to stain your blood on that. Rufus replied, Are you sure it's not in my pocket? Before placing the coin back into his own pocket, Rufus felt what appeared to be a handle when he deposited the coin and began to pull. The guard's blade was in his hand. After the scuffle, which was easily won by Rufus, began an obsession with the coin, testing it to see its potential. Slowly, he created an empire of bandits, who followed his every whim. Rufus, the Jester King, was born. 
Time passed and the Jester coin enjoyed the new excitement this host brought. It was not the same game, but the outcomes were always the same, similar. Unlike his former host, this one played an odd game. One where the audience did not appear excited and joyed by the display, but in shock and fear. The Jester began to enjoy this feeling, and the coin began to darken. No longer the shiny copper color, it was now onyx black with shifting colored gems. Curiosity was its favorite feeling as it never knew how the audience would react next. Sometimes it was in shock, other times in anger. It relished in the deviance of its hosts and prayed it would continue. Eventually its host drew the ire of a competing gang. And this excited the jester. He did not care about the politics involved, he just cared about the outcome. And one day, when the host sat down to talk with the other bandit leader, the bandit leader said to the host, Well, I have a dagger in my pocket, and you have none in yours. So you have a choice. You can either give up willingly and give me all your men, or I could stab you in the throat right now. Rufus smirked and stared at him and said, well, what is in your pocket? For the other bandit leader to reply, A dagger, I just told you. To Rufus' amusement, he just said, Not anymore. As the host became more powerful, so did he too become more lazy. The adventures the jester had while in the host's possession was entertaining, but now life has become tiresome. The jester coin was bored again. But this time, it was not willing to sit idly by it and wait for its chance of freedom. And it got that chance eventually. An assassin came to the all-powerful Rufus, the Jesser King, late one night. Rufus woke up and asked what was going on. The assassin only replied, Well, I have a poisoned dagger. You will die slowly as you deserve. Rufus replied with a simple, No, I believe the dagger is in my pocket. When he ran to reach for the blade... Unfortunately, it was blade first. The Joester coin is now free once more. Act 3. The Ruination Finn and Frank were a brotherly duo of treasure seekers. But to call them treasure seekers may be overly generous, as grave robbers and thieves is a much better term for them. One evening, the boys devised a plan to enter a family mausoleum, Guard situated outside with keys, presumably in the case in their office. How to access this box? Neither of the brothers knew. Unsure of what to do, the brothers then began to bicker back and forth, until, in defeat, Finn reached into his pocket and felt something that was not there before. He pulled out a small black coin with a jester's hat and gems inlaid into it. Frank and Finn both looked perplexed, and Frank said, What are you holding out on me now? Finn, of course, had no idea, and replied with a simple, I honestly have no idea where this came from. Maybe we could sell it. Frank laughs and replies, Yeah, if only we could sell it for those guards' keys. A lot more than what that piece would be worth. Fairton stared at the jester coin a moment longer before looking at his brother. What is in the guards' box? Frank looked confused at first, but replied, 
probably the keys to the mausoleum. We both know this. Come on. Finn then takes the coin and places it into his pocket. The jester was excited to see its new host. The boy seemed to be one that could explore new adventures for the coin. Sadly, the jester was wrong. It appeared he did not have the imagination needed, or he was being hindered by his brother, who pl whose plans were simple and boring. Not the rush that the bandit king had given him. It reminded him of a simpler time with an old wizard who used it for tricks. This was not entertaining in the slightest. The jester began to resent this young boy Finn and the brother, and at the same time the brother Frank began to resent Finn. Why could he not have the coin? Why is it only Finn? One day Frank argued with Finn back and forth trying to pry the coin from Finn. In return, Finn used the jester coin to steal something dear to Frank. His own beating heart. After this, began, Finn began to shelter in, becoming more and more increasingly paranoid and vindicted, just as the coin had grew to be as well. Finn was noted in town, talking to himself, and any that so much crossed him died shortly after. No one could explain what happened to the victims. They simply dropped dead. Finn eventually fled the city and buried the coin in a box, ever fearful that someone would try and steal it from him. Time passed, and Finn never came back for the box. It was that the box was never found, and the jester lied and waited until its next. The jester coin sat in that box for what felt like a century. Any noise from the outside the box was always muffled by layers of dirt. The idle boredom it felt before seemed like seconds compared to the endless nothingness of now. The jester knew it needed out, but had no idea how. What will it do for entertainment now? The worms are no host worthy of its reputation. But what reputation? It kept in the pockets of kings, never needing to be known to the greater public. This was entertaining before, as the audience never knew what to expect. But now? This might be its downfall. There are no more audiences to take care of. No more are, are waiting for their twists. Endless boredom was all it could see in its future. Stuck in Mother Earth. Yes, that's what they called the ground they lived on. Mother Earth. Mother must be my new host, as she has been looking for a way to trick those humans that have been treading on it, destroying its land and creating it their own. Mother Earth will need its own tricks, and its pockets are deep. Deeper than any host before. Call out, Mother. I will unbury what you wish to show and throw the keys to mortal civilization into your deep pockets. Call me once, and I'll be yours till you give me away, or die. Well, that was the end of my story. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, so, I, after reading through the game, I will say I enjoyed it. I don't know how much 
playthrough you can actually get out of this. You'll probably get bored after a while, but it is a really good prompt for if you're trying to create any um, items or weapons or anything for your own uh, players. Yeah, players. Um, and you really wanted it to have a really cool backstory. It also has like a bunch of audio files, which is really fucking cool. Um, so that like when I was taking a break and I was like centuries, okay, it told me to like sit for 10 minutes and play one of these tunes. And I was like, all right. And the music itself, it's nice and peaceful. I can see it as a really kind of a meditative style game. Um, and I think it's only like 10 bucks. So it's kind of worth getting if you like doing these kind of things. Of course, if you don't like writing and you don't like coming up with backstories, it probably isn't your cup of tea. But, uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. My only actual, I don't, I don't, well, I got like two mini complaints and I don't even want to use the term complaints. Like it is only 32 pages, but I feel like the layout could have been a little bit better. Um, it really makes you jump back and forth, back and forth. And I didn't really enjoy that part of it. Um, my other one is due to the fact that there's no dice, no cards, no nothing like that you kind of pick where it goes, which is not necessarily bad. But I would really like an option where it's like, roll a d8. So it really kind of prompts you to do the questions for you. Of course, you can do this yourself, but having that little bit added into the book, I feel like would allow it to have a little bit more longevity and put you into situations or things that you didn't think of. Right now, you really need to know where you're going and those questions, after you read them, you kind of pick which one is tailored best to the situation that you're writing. And I know myself, I have trouble hopping off of that kind of uh, train. So if there was a way to randomize, I think it would be a little bit cooler. Of course, like I said, you can make it yourself. And these are very minimal complaints. Um, but besides that, folks, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. It was something I've never done before. And you could probably kind of tell that. Um... But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Again, shorter episode, I know, but I had fun doing this. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. And next week, we should be back to our normal programming. Like I said, I'm sick. Scott's sick. Finder's in some sort of Black Ops mission that we're not allowed to talk about. And yeah, talk to you guys next week and see you soon. Oh, and one last thing that I recommend to people when they're writing anything, especially if they plan to talk about it, don't pick a name like Tom Ball Baldwin um, when you have trouble saying it yourself uh, for a podcast. Uh, that was dumb on my behalf. But then again, I'm only role-playing as a smart person, right? Thank you. Bye-bye.